as a business owner, you have an opportunity, especially in these times right now, even though it's very, very challenging and somewhat uncomfortable, you could push yourself so that your business can be a better version of what it was before. Welcome to What's Wrong With Your Business, a podcast where we examine the problems that keep business owners up at night. From long-term strategies to risk management tools, you'll hear a variety of ways to identify what could be going wrong and how to adapt in a rapidly changing market. I'm your host, Grace LeConte. I'm a consultant, futurist, and writer on topics related to healthy feedback loops, workplace equity, and creative communication strategies. This is episode three ideas for adapting your business. When I was five, my parents signed me up for a ballet class. And what should be every little girl's dream, for me, ended up being really horrible. I did not enjoy dancing around in circles, moving my arms in a certain way, and pointing my toes, and going through all these formations when I didn't really see the point. It was not my favorite things to do. So I pretended to have pain in my toes, which I did have some discomfort, but I made it so much worse just so I could get out of having to do the practice. When I was 13, I went to a horse camp and cared for a horse for a whole week and learned how to ride and how to feed it and how to take care of it. And at the end, there was a performance where all the parents would come and watch. And I happened to get a spider bite on my hand the night before the performance. My hand swelled up. It was pretty painful. So I begged out of doing the final performance and was allowed to skip it, which I was secretly very happy about. So these two experiences kind of taught me that I could give up before I had to really do something difficult. But when I got older and I got more serious about exercise, I realized that there's a point, especially in high-intensity training, where you have to push beyond comfort, not to the point of pain, not to the point of damaging yourself, but there is such an interesting dance that takes place. And you know what I'm talking about if you've been through this yourself, where you're, you're working out to the point where you're breathing hard and your muscles start to burn and ache. But if you go just a little bit further, you can push yourself to a point where your body adapts your body is able to adjust and get stronger. Your lungs can fill with more air and oxygenate faster. Your muscles are going to be tearing a bit, which is exactly what happens in weight training, but they're tearing and then reforming to get bigger and stronger and faster. And the right kind of training in exercise pushes you beyond a normal point to a point where you're a different you in a sense. You're adapting to an environment where the physical changes are making you better. And that's exactly what happens in a business that's adapting. As a business owner, you have an opportunity, especially in these times right now, to see how your business can improve and can adapt, even though it's very, very challenging and even somewhat uncomfortable. You could push yourself so that your business can be a better version of what it was before. So how can you adapt your business? What are some ways that you can look toward the future and make changes that are going to make a difference? Well, I've thought of a few things and I wanna share them with you in this episode. The first one is to adjust expectations. You may have a certain 
expectation, a certain way that you th want your business to run, certain processes that are supposed to happen in a certain order, maybe um, certain types of employees that you've always had that you depend on, and that has changed. That is no longer the case for your business. Or maybe you had certain types of clients that were very easy to serve, customers that always paid on time, and because of the latest events in the last few months, that may be changing rapidly too. So what is your, the new norm? What is the new reality? And how are your expectations going to need to change? You may feel really disappointed. You may even see some failures happening that you've never experienced in your business before. And that is very difficult to overcome. There could be a lot of guilt or shame or grief. And managing those emotions is very, very important because they're going to translate into how you're leading your business and what decisions you will be making. So adjusting those expectations means that you are realistic about what is actually possible. And you also have a structure for how you make risk intelligent decisions. You're not just throwing yourself into a new opportunity, but you really measure that before it happens. And you're also looking for ways to evaluate what your decisions mean. So what are the results from a certain decision that you're making and how is that working compared to what you were expecting? The next way that you can adapt is to set goals that are smart and clear. In the past, you may have set some really great goals that are audacious and huge and seemingly impossible to achieve, but you just know with sheer willpower you can do them. And things may have changed a bit. In actuality, it's really hard to achieve big, hairy, audacious goals without a clear path to get there. And I prefer to use the SMART and CLEAR methods. So SMART is an acronym for specific, which means it's not a huge, massive type of goal. It's one particular thing. Measurable, which is one of my favorite words. It means that you can actually see progress as you move toward it and you know exactly what needs to happen to get there achievable. So this is what I'm talking about. You have to see in your mind that it is actually possible to make that happen. If you can't see it in your mind, it will never happen. R is for results oriented, meaning that it's not just something that's pie in the sky. It's based on what you actually see happening, the results that are coming out of your actions. And finally, time bound, which is a timetable you're setting up a specific length of time before which you really want to see this happen. The clear part of goal setting is one that was developed by a gentleman named Adam Creek, and I really like his acronym too. It stands for, C is for collaborative, meaning that you're working with other people. It's really hard to meet goals if you're doing it by yourself. The L is for limited, which means there is a very stringent group of things that you expect to happen. It's not going to be wide open, similar to the specific on SMART. The E is for engaging. Goals should be fun. They should be exciting. They should pull you in. They shouldn't be boring. A is for actionable. Again, it's related to results, but actionable. So you need to want to do this every single day. You should get up and want to achieve these goals that you have. And the fourth, or the fifth one, the last one, is refinable, meaning that as time goes on, you continue to adjust that and change what the goal is 
as your circumstances change because every single day things are happening that should affect what you're seeing in the future. So those are the smart and clear goals that I like to use as a way to define what goal setting is. Next, along with goal setting, I really think it's important to look to the long term picture, have a long range view of what is happening in the future. I know that's part of my personality type or my temperament or my strengths finder traits, but I really do think it's important for every business owner to look ahead and see what's happening as the circumstances change. So I call these macro changes. They're things that are happening in a big picture point of view rather than the day-to-day problems that are plaguing you every single moment of running your business. I know that that's much easier to focus on and it takes um, a lot more attention. And they're probably things that pester you, people asking lots of questions and customers asking for refunds or things going wrong. Obviously, that's much easier to take your focus away. But at some point, every week you should be checking in with the big picture. How does your business proposition or the the things that you're doing to improve the world, how is that fitting into the whole picture of your entire market, of your industry, of the customers who you serve? Your customer base might be changing right now. We know that customers are making much different consumer choices than they were even just a few weeks ago. And that will continue to change as circumstances change, as people's financial situation changes, there will be a lot of adjustment that business owners need to do in order to keep up with those market shifts. So as you plan for the future, consider also, unfortunately, this may not be the only disaster that you'll face. There could be other things that could cause your business to really struggle. And I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but that's going to be reality, not just with COVID-19 and the financial implications that that could be having, but there could also be a lot of other significant challenges and problems that your business could face that if you don't know how to see them ahead of time, you will have a really difficult time adjusting when they happen. The fourth thing that I think is important in adapting is to identify new trends. What are some new things that customers are doing? How are they behaving differently? Where are they spending their time and money? What are they expecting from companies, from product manufacturers, from services? What resources are you using to provide that to them? Maybe you're not getting resources or raw materials in the same way or in the same speed that you could before. All of these could be opportunities to see ahead of the curve and kind of adjust before the rest of the market makes changes. So you have a really great chance right now to see new trends as they're coming up before anyone else does. The fifth one is finding a niche specialization. This is one of my favorite topics. It's related to marketing, but it's really a matter of looking at your entire strategic picture. Um, Finding a niche or a very specific area where you have expertise that is different from everyone else in your field is something that can take years to develop. Sometimes it could happen like a lightning bolt where it just appears to you or someone gives you feedback and you realize, hey, that's the one thing that makes me different. But other times it could take a lot of trial and error and just attempting a lot of different things before you find that one area where you're getting lots and lots of success and everything else can be secondary. But I really encourage you to find what it is that makes you different from every other 
service provider or manufacturer or business owner in your field. There's something about your background, your interest level, your personality that makes you different. I've written a bunch of blog posts on this that you can read on my website. But think about why that would help you as you're looking to adapt. Instead of trying to do everything and offer all sorts of different varieties of services for lots of different types of buyers, which really is not very effective, why not instead of focus on a very streamlined point of view and only offer services or products that are meant for a specific type of buyer or that serve a very significant specific type of need? The sixth one is I call it seeing the good. So yes, I like to look at the negatives. I like to analyze what's going wrong in businesses, as you can see from the title of this podcast. But there are also some really good things that are happening. And when you see positive changes and benefits and you hear feedback from customers that are enjoying the wonderful outcomes from your help in solving problems or in improving their lives in some way, You can use that to slow down and take the time to really understand from their point of view why your service or product is helping. I think that's a wonderful thing to focus on, especially when you're having a really rough week. (laughs) Not just because it makes you feel good, but also because you can use that as a way to leverage what you're doing well. And as I say all the time, you can turn the, the lever up on those things. You can turn up the volume on the aspects of your company that are doing really, really good things and spend less time and effort on the things that are not going well. Obviously, you need to plan ahead for things that are falling apart, but you can spend more time and energy improving the things that are already doing well, and that will be worth it. The seventh aspect of looking at adapting your company is to be totally honest with yourself. Should I quit? I'm going to dedicate a whole episode to this coming up, but I think this is such a crucial question to ask. Is this the right time to stop trying? And of course, a lot of people are going to say, well, no, you should not stop trying. You need to keep pushing. You need to go beyond what you thought you were capable of. And maybe in some situations, that's definitely important and necessary. Maybe you're not pushing yourself hard enough. Maybe you should keep trying and you've put so much time and money into this already. And you have a lot of expectations that people have of you. But is it possible that this really is a sign that it's the right time to stop this and try something else? Maybe go back into the workforce. Maybe try a different aspect of running a company or partner with someone else or just take a break I've heard from a lot of people that are doing all of these things right now and it is so worthwhile once they finally realize that they can stop going on the hamster wheel and they can make adjustments that make their life so much more worthwhile once they let go of the things that they felt were keeping them in a business that was not producing what they expected and what they wanted they feel a sense of relief like finally I don't have to keep trying quitting is not a sign of failure in terms of a moral or uh, financial failure it is possible to stop while you're still ahead as long as you understand and can measure why you're doing it 
if this is not a gut reaction to just stopping something because it's uncomfortable, like I did with ballet and with horse camp, <laughs> but it's more like a sign that you're going to continue to have problems that you can't overcome in the future, then stopping something now would actually be more risk intelligent than continuing it. One test that I like to do is to imagine if nothing changed in your business and things continued the way they are right now, what is it going to look like in five years? If you do not feel comfortable with what that picture is, whether it means that you're in more debt or you're more stressed out or you have less control or you feel more burned out, whatever the the image is that's coming up to your mind, if that's extremely uncomfortable, then it's probably a sign that things are not working well right now. And the two options you have are what we've been talking about in this episode, adapting and making adjustments and digging really deep to find that energy that you have inside you to keep going. But the, the choice to make a different decision than what you've done in the past or to cut your losses and to decide that this is not worth doing anymore. There's nothing wrong with either decision. But asking yourself if you should quit is a very valid question. The eighth point is measuring your profit. Another of my favorite topics. I really like looking at profit margins and finding out whether decisions are making more money or not. A lot of our decisions are made emotionally. And as business owners, we do put a lot of ourselves into our business. We put a lot of our own perceptions, our personality traits. It all comes out, especially in the culture. And if you have a staff or if you hire independent contractors, the way that you're training them to go through the processes that make your business possible are going to reflect how you value things, what you look at. But something that really doesn't change and that is not very emotionally tied is profit. So if you're measuring how each of your actions is resulting in or not resulting in profit margins in particular, the extra that's left over after you spend money on the overhead and everything else, whatever's left over is a really good indicator of whether that decision is good or not. So in adapting your business, consider where you're going to get the most profit margins and not just what you hope will make money, but what you can actually measure. And that's one of the aspects of the five SMART, the SMART goals, is that it needs to be measurable. It's the same for making adaptations in your business. What you're changing really needs to have an outcome that has more profit margin than what you're doing now. And finally, the ninth point in my suggestions for adapting is measuring your success. This is related to the first one, which was adjusting your expectations, and number two, which was setting new goals. But what is it that you imagine of your own success as a business owner, as a professional, if you're an independent contractor, if you hope to be a business owner, whatever that looks like, where do you imagine yourself? What does that look like in your eye, in your mind's eye? How do you see yourself acting and speaking to people and leaving a legacy? Do you expect to have more financial security? Do you want to be generous and give your money away? Do you want to be well-known? There's so many ways that we can look at goal setting and kind of see the emotion behind it. But how do you measure that? And maybe it's 
qualitative. A lot of the things I mentioned are not possible to measure with numbers, but we can look at the quality of the experience or the emotion that they bring. So it's such a good question as you're adapting in this environment to ask what you would like to see in the success of your business and not just the rigmarole, the daily activities of grinding through day after day, trying to get more sales, trying to offer new things that people might buy, but also how you want to be perceived as successful and what you see as important is a very valid point as well. So I hope a lot of these things have given you ideas for how you can make adjustments in your business. And I hope that you've also started asking more questions about how you can see around corners, how you can look into the future, and what decisions you can make to be more risk intelligent. Well, that's it for this episode of What's Wrong With Your Business? If you have a question you'd like me to answer on an upcoming episode, just go to the Anchor app or visit my website, laconticonsulting.com slash podcast. That's L-A-C-O-N-T-E consulting. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to subscribe so you can be the first to hear new episodes as we answer the question, what's wrong with your business? Here's to your success.